What is up, everybody? This is going to be exciting. I have James Tusk here, who has been a veteran when it comes to dating coaching for men, helping them, uh, <laughs> helping them in all types of ways. He's done. You know what? I don't even want to introduce you. Tell everybody about yourself. Well, I'm currently ladyboy hunting in Thailand. Not as a joke, but I am in the land of the ladyboys and the smiles. Um, I've just got into, I'm on an island called Koh Samui. And it's, I'm, I'm staying in quite a high-end hotel called Alantara. I'll try and swing it around so you guys can see. But you can see this normally would be, you know, it's a capacity for like 200 people. And there's a total of 15 people staying in this hotel at the moment. Um, Thailand has just reopened. You have to be, you have to jump through a lot of loopholes to get here. I flew from London. It took about 22 hours, three different flights. Um, and it's great to be here. I mean, you know, I, I came here for a bit of R&R, so this is amazing. Um, but on a more general level, what have I been up to? The last four years, I've been traveling the world, um, teaching guys predominantly cold approach, a lot of day game stuff, some bar game stuff. And um, pretty much my life is December to March, I'm in South America. So Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, Mexico usually. And then when European winter, sorry, summer comes, European winter ends, I head to spend a lot of time in the former Soviet Union. So Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, Balkans, Poland, um, Serbia, sometimes Spain. Uh, basically just taking guys, just charging around, having a bit of a laugh and then taking guys along for the ride. And that's, um, that's kind of me in a nutshell, I think. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I had seen that you have... Uh like these in-person boot camps and you have other ones coming up. Are you doing them every location that you are traveling to? Yeah, I've started outsourcing quite a lot of them. So a lot of them are um, kind of guys that work with me now. I've kind of outsourcing them. I'll take on private clients here and there. I travel, I'm, I'm traveling more of just for me and just kind of, I like to explore and, and do my own thing. And especially if you can learn cold approach which is essentially social skills really that's what we're talking about i think mm -hmm. when you travel we live in a remote world now post covid and guys are wanting to travel it's equally as important to be able to go and pick up a girl and have a conversation with that girl you see at the hotel bar or walking on the street and is it as it is to be able to go up to a group of guys if you're traveling solo and actually introduce yourself so i think you know as time goes on and people become even more and more remote the need for kind of that lost art of emotional and social intelligence and social skills is super important. Um, and it's something that a lot of guys, I think we can all work on it, can't we? We can always get better. There's no end point to this. It's not really just about kind of level one game, I guess, you know, kind of um, the old days of the game, the mystery method where you're picking up women. It's more about, yeah, of course, that's part of it, but it's about becoming a well-rounded man, as the title suggests. Social skills, obviously a big part of that. Mm -hmm. But then you've got all these other things as well, which play in, which I think, you know, I don't want to discredit people and no naming, but I think the older generation of guys, they really just emphasize game over anything else. And it's just, yeah. it seems ridiculous in, in hindsight, because if you can sort out your fashion in a matter of hours, you can get in shape in the gym in a, in a few months. Um, you know, you can, you can be well-groomed, you can be well-presentable, you can do all this other value-add stuff like earning a lot of money, learn, learning languages, living an interesting reality, doing stuff outside of picking up women. Um, you need those, those elements because the more of that you have, the less game you need. The, you know, the game gurus of old, the reason they had to have so much fucking technical game is because they had none of those other value-adds. And it just, it's almost like hamstringing yourself. It just seems ridiculous 
because it's so easy to kind of work on those other areas as well. It's a no-brainer. Why not make it easy for yourself? You don't get mm. points for making it harder for yourself. I don't give a fuck if, like, you know, you know, I, I couldn't give a fuck if the guy is like game level hundred. Like, is mm-hmm. he? Is he? Is he? Is he banging the chicks he wants? Right? By not sorting out your fashion, your fitness, your finances, all those other areas, you're just making it so much harder. It's hard enough as it is. The dating market's a ruthless place. Especially yeah, with it, Instagram and stuff, giving people, you know, unreasonable expectation, especially women. And so let's make it as easy as possible for ourselves, guys. Let's not self-sabotage. I mean, that's kind of where I'm sitting on it. And I think you're you're similar, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's, it is. It's easy to get laid. Teaching somebody how to get laid. And cool. All right, whatever. Then what's next? Are you actually somebody that women want to be with? And I think that's why we're having this, this you know, this discussion here, um, because it is so important to have all the other aspects in order. So I want to I want to start with the first one that we had listed out uh, being fashion. And for me, mm. uh, you know, personally, you, and you said before, it really is that simple. You can figure it out in five minutes. But a lot of people don't understand how to get to that point. So when it comes to fixing your fashion and what you're going to wear, how does somebody do that? Because I know like PUAs of old, they think mystery. They think, oh, okay, uh, I paint my nails and I wear a top hat and I'm good to go. Like, no, it it doesn't work that way. So where would you say that somebody would start if they're trying to understand fashion? Good question. I mean, the obvious route people take is or route you guys say would would take is they try and teach themselves something whatever that may be and we all know that's a terrible way to do something because time is your most valuable asset so the obvious way of learning anything is go to someone who's in the position you want to be in and leverage their time and experience and all the hours of mistakes they've made to streamline your own learning process and you trade money for that time um I work with a guy called Ollie. He's he's an ex Calvin Klein model. He was all over billboards, getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to be, you know, a modeling a fucking grade A model. He's been in the industry for 10, 15 years. He knows his shit inside out. So I send guys to him because I'm not an expert in fashion. I can look okay, but to get my own fashion sorted, I went to a fashion guy. It's it's a no brainer, right? Go to an expert. That's the way to do it. Obviously, you can, you know, read some of these men's mags like, you know, GQ and stuff and get a flavor for stuff. But just going out and buying a jacket and putting it on isn't going to solve your problem. It's not going to teach you actually how to be fashionable. Again, going to a fashion guy, they can they can teach you that. Right. So that would be my obvious advice. Um, Basic stuff like grooming, which is LinkedIn. I mean, that's just kind of obvious. The amount of guys I work with, it's just it's it's, it should be common knowledge. Right. To wear fucking. um, Do you guys call it? You guys call it. um, like deodorant deodorant what do you call it the stuff you spray on your arms in the u.s or north america deodorant yeah deodorant as well so yeah i mean it's a no-brainer but i work with guys who don't fucking wear deodorant they turn up you know stinking and it's like fucking hell bad breath like obviously (laughs) come on get me laid get me laid i know it's it's insane man so just basic fashion grooming stuff nose hair just fucking how can you not see even some women these days, they've got a fucking nose hair. It's like, what the fuck are you up to? You're not auditioning for the next fucking round of Shrek movies. What are you doing? Um, get that shit taken care of. Teeth whitening if you smoke. No brainer. If you drink coffee, red wine, get your teeth whitened. It's not fucking gay. It, yellow teeth look shit. Get over it. It's, it's the day of the metrosexual man. 
you can still be a masculine guy and have like basic fucking grooming down. Um, right. What else? You've got, you know, acne, basic stuff like that. Get on Roaccutane or a strong drug. Go to your GP or go to your doctor. He'll sort you out. Physician, whatever you guys call it. Um, so just basic stuff like that. Yeah. Wear fucking deodorant. Wear cologne. Like smell good. Women pick up on scent. Um, mm -hmm. Chew gum. You know, go to the dentist regularly. This is such basic shit that you think was obvious. Um, yeah. But it's just apparently not common knowledge. It's just it's just crazy. And Botox, guys often ask about that. Ollie gets a lot of questions, the fashion guy, about that. Look, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, professional fighters are getting it done, right? Because we live in an age of superficiality where there's no hiding it. The better you look, the easier it is. Right. That's not yeah. say if you're not, uh, you know, a, a stunningly attractive man, you can't make stuff happen because you can. But there's a difference between being good looking and looking good. You could be facially ugly, but still look fucking good because your fashion's on point. Your grooming's on point. Your haircut's on point. Your, you know, your stubble's on point. All that's on point. So Botox. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking, if, if you're, your head's looking like fucking volcanic rock, like Gordon Ramsay, even fucking Gordon Ramsay got it done. And he had really bad fucking you know, Denson is, it's like a tractor had driven over his head mm -hmm. and he got that fixed. So yeah, basic fashion, uh, basic, basic fashion and grooming, no brainer. Um, the, the, the grooming part, you could definitely sort out yourself really. I mean, that's quite obvious, but the fashion part, don't waste your time. We're all fashion illiterate as men, unless you're gay usually. Um, so you don't have good style. Your mum telling you what to wear is not good fashion advice. Your sister telling you what to wear is not good fashion advice. Any girl you're dating telling you what to wear is not good fashion advice. Because what they'll do is they'll dress you up as a chump so you don't get attention. Saying, oh, no, no, you'd look exactly. great in that check shirt. No, you look like a fucking, you know, gay um, fucking axeman in the woods. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work. So go to a fashion dude. Go. To, I mean, there's plenty. Search on Instagram, fashion guys, type in your city, and it's going to come up with guys who have got really good Instagram showcasing their kind of things with clients. If you want to work with with a guy that you know has has made loads of my clients look good, Ollie Pierce, Google him. He's very very good. Um, he knows his shit. You know, he's um, he's very good. Do you have anything else to add to that uh, for the fashion yeah, stuff? Yeah, uh, one thing I want to hone in on because facial hair I think is very important. Like, how do you want this to look? And if you just look up the um, the shape of your head and what haircut. And what, you know, facial hair, if you're going to do that, makes the most sense for your head shape. Now, if you go and get your hair cut and you, you need to clean up whatever mop you have, ask the question. If you don't know, like, don't just say, oh, I, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a two. Just give me the two trim. No, like ask them, what do you think would look good? Because those are the people you're getting your hair cut anyways. Those are the people that know what looks good and they can give you that advice and do it for you. So yeah, I think great advice. you know, outside of, outside of basic hygiene, I think that this is very important because women see shoes first, but they see this second. So make sure that this looks good. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. And again, that, that process of go to an expert, a guy that cuts hair, a high-end barber that cuts hair for a living and charges people a lot of money knows what he's doing more than you. So go to an expert. You only need, you could go to a high-end barber once, pay a hundred bucks, but then he gives you some advice on what would really work for your face shape, as you said. 
And then you can then rinse and repeat that and just go back forevermore knowing what's actually going to suit you, you know? And if you, again, if you haven't had your haircut, if you've had the same haircut since you're 12 years old, since your mum took you down to the, to get it done, it's time <laughs> to maybe get a second opinion on what's going on. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to mention. Guys often ask me about glasses. Look, unless you're Johnny Depp and you're in the Pirates of the Caribbean and you've got a fucking, you know, you're in a fucking rock band in Hollywood. No, you're not going to look better with glasses. It's very rare. Get laser eye surgery. I got contact lenses. And then when I started getting, going on nights out and getting kind of red eyes like a zombie, I switched. I just got laser done and it was, it was amazing. So mm -hmm. get let yeah, glasses never make up for man, in my opinion. You can occasionally put it off, but it's, you've got to be super stylish. You've got to really know yourself inside out. The average Joe, better without glasses, I'd say. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. It's very difficult to pull it off. When you can do it well, it looks amazing, but that's average Joe is not going to be able to know how to do that. No, that, that's that's great advice. Yeah, I think all the way around with fashion. And it, it's just so important because it's also how you represent yourself to the world, not just mm. with women. You know, think about your job. Think about the people you're interacting with day to day. You got to make sure you're looking good. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And it's it's not just it's not necessarily for the, the women. Obviously, if you take care of yourself, women are going to see that. But it's more for you having that kind of really if you if you look if you're dressed like a boss you're in really good shape at the gym and you look good you know your your confidence levels will just go through the roof even if they're quite low before it's going to boost them up instantly so when mm -hmm. you're walking around more women are going to check you out it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy look as good as possible one of the the early influencers i had who was quite an quite an anti-game guy really um because he thought it was like kind of you know, too nice and a bit of time wasty stuff. And I think he did like an RSD course with one of the instructors for a month called, I think he's, he's called Wade or whatever, uh, but a guy called Good Looking Loser. He was hardcore into the idea of just look as good as fucking possible. Screen very hard, escalate fast, but look as good as possible. And he made that point as well, that looking, being good looking is very different from looking good, you know, because you can be facially ugly, but have very low body fat percentage, get your hair on point, get your, your stubble on point, have really good dress sense and have a bit of a swag to you because you know you look good and women will respond on a visceral level to that. So it doesn't fucking matter. All these excuses about, oh, I'm not good looking. No, fuck off. It doesn't, it's not, it's irrelevant. I've seen so many guys who are not actually stereotypically facially very good looking at all, but the rest of it is on point. Your mm -hmm. head, your face, it is important, but it's a very tiny proportion of your overall body mass if you think about it, right? Very, true, very true. small part. So if you get all the other bits sorted, you have options. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a perfect transition to talking about, you know, the next point that we had, which is fitness. What's the shape of your body? Yeah. You can have a great yeah. face, but if you are like this, <laughs> it's, it's not really going to go well. I mean, I, I'm, an, I'm a good example because I, I used to play rugby, which for, for, for the uninitiated, it's kind of a pads off version of American football. So I played that for a long time. And the emphasis was about being as big as possible, right? So I put on a lot of mass. I wasn't particularly lean. Um, and, I, you know, I played for a long time and I started working. Again, I thought I could get myself in shape, but 15 years really training in the gym, not being in shape, told me actually, hold on a second, I clearly can't. I need to go to an expert. It's the same thing again. Worked with a guy in London called JP, very cool trainer. He works remotely with guys. And in three months, there's, uh, you know, if guys want to see the picture, I can send them to him. But um, yeah, I went from kind of, I guess, 25-ish percent body fat down to around 12. 
so lost a lot of weight from my face, quite shredded body. The, the difference in, in kind of A, how I felt, I felt a lot healthier because I wasn't carrying around excess body weight. But B, just in terms of women checking me out, was massive. If you're mm-hmm. debating between going massively kind of strongman bulky or leaning down and getting shredded, I'd go shredded. Lower body fat percentage makes you look bigger anyway. You feel healthier and women are naturally attracted to it because that kind of primeval, you know, architect of the guy, you know, the, the, the Mel Gibson movie, Apocalypto, the guys charging through. You know the jungle. They're 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 muscly guys, but they're lean muscle. You know they're they're thin, low body fat I, percentage. That's I how we're built. Think, yeah, I always think of uh, Brad Pitt and Fight Club. Like yeah, yeah. Even even when up before I knew this stuff, I, I I remember watching that movie and being like, "Fuck!" If I had to have anyone's body shape, I'd take that because mm-hmm. you just knew, you could just tell it's fucking attractive to to women. There's just you can just see he's lean, he's ripped. He just looks like he can handle himself. It's a no-brainer. Again, don't try and get yourself in shape unless you're a professional. If you're a fitness trainer watching this or a PT and you know what you're doing, great. I'm sure you're already in shape. No need to worry about it. But if you're not, again, I went to the gym for 15 years, not kind of knowing what I was doing, but clearly not enough to get in shape because you need to have obviously the routine and then you need to have the diet on top and you need to have that accountability. Again, go to an expert. They give you a step-by-step plan which takes out all the guesswork and then they hold you to account, which is much needed, right? So if you have those both processes in place, you can get to where you want to go. If you try and do that yourself, that self-accountability across a multitude of areas, it becomes very draining. We only have a certain amount of mental energy in the day. You're not going to be able to do it really. Um, so again, pay a trainer, look to lean down, get in shape, outsource as much of this stuff as you can, because then you can yeah. actually use your time for stuff you want to do. It's just so obvious, isn't it? It, um, it, but the it, amount it, of guys I have to try and persuade into doing stuff, it's just like, don't really get it. Yeah. And, and one thing I want to double down on that. Um, so I actually, like, I run a men's group. It's kind of like a mastermind. Um, and it is specifically so we can trade services in this way. I'm not Great. the expert on fitness. So if I need that information, sure, I can teach you how to make your dating profile better. And you can teach me how to fix my diet. And it just, you know, it's, it, time is money, you know? So yes. it's, yeah. it's either, it's either you spend the time learning it yourself or you just pay somebody to tell you what to do. You shut up and you listen and you get it done. I agree. Couldn't agree more. I think this is a, re- I want to try and, if you don't mind, Mr. Hudsman, just go through the questions as they arise because then they're relevant to the, the topic we're discussing. But the nose job thing, right? So look, if you have something that you're unhappy with, I'm absolutely a fan of, Deal with it. Either deal with it or forget about it and accept it. So if you have a massive fucking nose, you if this is you in the photo, you don't look doesn't look too bad to be honest. It looks smaller than mine. Yeah, it looks <laughs> um, fine. But if you've got a Oh, we're back. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. It just was a, a second there. I am, yeah, all good. We just dropped out for a second. Um, yeah, if, if you've got something glaringly yeah, like wrong with your body or something that you really have an issue with, then, you know, absolutely deal with it. I've got nothing against that. Women do it the whole time. You know, women get tit jobs. Women get nose jobs. It's okay. But what you don't want to do is start thinking surgery is going to fix all your problems, doing one thing and doing another thing and doing another thing because that can be a slippery slope. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you answered that, didn't you? Uh, good morning, guys. Tusk looks completely coked out. <laughs> it's the jet lag. It's the jet lag, I swear. Um, yeah, I, I am still, I, I didn't think, I knew I was getting old actually this trip when I started, when I, for the last five days since I've been in Thailand, I've had bad jet lag. And that's never something I used to have, but it's actually, jet lag is actually quite nasty. When you get to my ripe old age of 34, you're just like, fuck, it's actually a thing. Maybe it's just an age thing. Maybe I'm just getting fucking old. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm 28 and I have to tell you, um, even just going to, uh, to Vegas recently. Um, Did you go to Vegas? Oh no. Yeah. I did a number. I, with my, with my mastermind, I, uh, I brought everybody together and we went That's out there, it. had a meetup. Yeah. Very cool. I'm just going to try and plug us in. Give me one second so I can change the charge. Absolutely. No problem. Yeah, so these are, these are good questions that I'm seeing here. Um, just uh, again on the gear, let's just make sure that you do some of that research. Um, if not asking a barber, you can figure out what makes sense by doing some research online. There's certain gears that look better based on the shape. So like, for instance, with me, I mean, I like the way I look, but I think it looks better with this style of beard because my face is more of that long oval. So if you look up the face shape and what matches it, you can figure things out a little bit better and a little bit easier for yourself. So what happened in Vegas? How was that? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, before we get to this question, uh, Vegas, yeah, it was it was a lot. It was like overstimulating. And I'm somebody who loves partying and I love being out late. I love going to clubs, but it just it, it, it was a lot to take in. Um, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I got what one of my guys. Um, he hadn't been late since January. And we got him a lay. So we uh, we cleared out his 2021 dry spell. So I was very happy Amazing. about that. Yeah. So it, overall, it was just a great time. And it's great getting these people together. Uh, we're doing Mardi Gras next. Oh, man. That's been on my <laughs> list for so long. I yeah. really want to go. The problem I've got is it falls over. It always falls over my favorite event of the year, which is Rio Carnival in brazil which is just amazing i've be, i've gone like five years in a row it's so it's the world's best party in my opinion and it always really? fucking falls over the same time as mardi gras which fucks it for for me going there yeah um but i'd love to do that one day oh that's awesome yeah maybe that's what we do next year at this time <laughs> oh man if you haven't been to brazil it's just a real carnival i mean brazilian women uh, you know they're the reason i learned brazilian portuguese rather than spanish initially even though I spent a lot of time in South America and everyone speaks Spanish apart from Brazil, was just the Brazilian women. They're so friendly, so outgoing. They love foreign men. Rio Carnival, or the carnivals that happen in, in Brazil every February, it's the peak of their summertime, and it's just a massive single singles-person event. You know, it's just mm -hmm. carnage. Absolute fucking – it's so good. <laughs> it's, it, it, you have to go. It should be on everyone's bucket list, you know, regardless of whether they're even into pickup or whatever. It's just – it's so good. I don't, I've never taken anyone there who doesn't then go back every single year afterwards uh, just on their own because it's that good. 
Awesome. So Anybody in first class who's hearing this right now, that's where we're going in uh, 2023, all right? Yeah, do it, man. You won't regret it. I've got all the info as well from five years of going to like the best parties and stuff there. And what what the, what they're very good at doing, the Brazilians, is they um, the parties, the basically the guys for the night, like parties at night, they'll hire a venue, like an amazing mansion. And then the guys will pay, basically. So you'll pay like $70, right, open bar. Women don't pay, but what it means is when you go into the club, when you go into the clubs, it's not like a Vegas sausage fest. It's like 75% women, 25% guys. So that chase dynamic is already on where the women are competing for you. And they like it that way. They want to compete, right? They want to wow. win that guy. Give the girl the gift of chasing you. So Brazilians understand that dynamic inherently, and they all want that. So there's none of this sausage fest shit like you get in the UK or US or anything like that. Oh, yeah. When you're chasing around a fat girl, you know, a load of guys, it's completely the opposite. That's awesome. I, I want to I want to address this uh, question here. Yeah, um, sure. So one thing I want to say on this. So I actually cut myself while shaving when I was in college and I nicked my lip and it looked like I had herpes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so using makeup, discreet makeup for a cover up or something like that. I don't think it's a problem if you know the art of doing it, which is it's also that's very easy to learn. You don't need to go to an expert for that. Um, I think it's absolutely worth it. Now, if we're talking eyeliner and things like that, I don't personally think it's necessary. But outside of uh, discreet cover-ups, I, I don't see any purpose on using makeup to make yourself look better. Just take care of your skin. Take care of your body. Yeah, I agree. Um, the You can get, if you've got a massive acne spot, you can get a coarse soul injection, which gets rid of it in like an hour. They go to like a specialist and they'll inject it. Really? Um, yeah. Hmm. So like guys have got like, guys are like got their wedding or whatever, right? Or whatever it is, they want to look amazing for the photo, and they're like quickly go and get it done for like fifty bucks or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I I used to do it. I, I had bagged ac acne when I was younger, so I used to wear a bit of concealer if I had really bad spots. And mm -hmm. you know, again, it's it's something for you, isn't it? If it makes you feel better, it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you get into the guy liner territory. It's a bit more kind of Russell Brand, metrosexual mix, isn't it? You guys can, mm -hmm. I know guys that do it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say you need to do, be doing that. But, Absolutely. you know, I do know guys that do it. So this is, a, this is another good question uh, when it comes to watches. So personally, I have a large watch collection. However... I almost always just wear the Apple Watch because right. who cares? You know, the women like the Apple Watch. They view it as a status symbol. They don't care if you have a $40,000 Rolex on your on your wrist. It doesn't make any sense. So what? do what you want to do, what makes you comfortable. But then also, why are you, why are you doing this? If you're doing it to get women, then do what they care about. And what they care about is a status symbol like that. I think it's that simple. You know, 100%. Uh, no I agree. I think, complicated. yeah, I agree. I, my, my, my thing is to be, I, I mean, I think you're either born with a watch or you're not, you, you wear one at a young age or you don't. And then it just kind of develops. I've never worn a watch apart from when there was a craze of toy watches. Those like kind of like, yeah, they were called toy watches. There was a bit of a craze. So I wore one of those for a bit just for fun. But 
yeah, it's personal preference. I don't think it makes a massive bit of difference. I mean, I know guys that wear Rolexes as a status symbol, and it's a bit like buying a sports car, right? Dropping 100k on a sports car. If you've got the money to do it, why not? But you don't you don't need to do that as a substitute for learning game or learning social skills or, or charisma. Money isn't is attracting women in via money is not necessarily the the best way to go about things. Um, yeah. Not saying being rich doesn't get you laid because it does. Um, but again, if you're most guys watching this, you're not going to be in that uber rich base or standard, are you? So it's kind of an irrelevant conversation. Right. And I think that's a good transition talking about finances. Now, yeah. So forward, again, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, man. What I was going to say is, uh, when it comes to finances, really, what's most important is that can you do cool things, pay for them, take care of her? That's really all she cares about. Whether you live in a one million dollar mansion or a two million dollar mansion or a ten million dollar mansion, she doesn't care. She just wants to know that you are financially sound. Yeah, I would um, I would tend to agree. I think, again, the old school guys that I learned from or who the influences of when I was learning this didn't talk about money, right? So they just thought game solved all problems. I, I, I think I disagree. You know, money, you need money to live. It's, it's a form of power. Do you need billions? No. Um, but do you need enough to live a comfortable life? Yes. If you're planning on having kids and having a family and you want to give them a decent education, it's going to cost you a bit of money. You're going to need to really be, you're going to need, I, I think eventually a man that wants to live a very cool lifestyle. If you're living in a, an Anglosphere country, you send a couple of kids to private education, maybe put them through, through college. You need to be pulling in a couple of mil a year, really. If we're being brutally honest, guys won't like to hear that, but it's the truth. Yeah. Um, I guys are always asked how much I spend traveling around um, because I basically stay in decent hotels. I used to stay in Airbnbs. I don't anymore. They're a fucking ripoff. So I tend to find it's actually better value to stay in four-star hotels than Airbnbs, ironically. Uh, and I fly a lot. I don't really look at bill, bills. I eat out a lot. Um, I probably spend about 5,000 pounds a month, whatever that is in dollars. Um, mm -hmm. 9,000, about 9,000 a month, all in flights, accommodation, um, food, doing whatever activities, whatever that may be. Um, which sounds like a lot, but your money does go very far when you travel in other countries. If you earn in pounds, which I do, or if guys watching this are earning in dollars or euros, you travel to somewhere like Southeast Asia, you can live on the equivalent amount of spend like a king. Same with South America, same with Eastern Europe. I spent a lot of time in Russia, Ukraine, places like that, Serbia. You can live equivalently a, an amazing life, you know, have a penthouse fucking apartment, just crazy, like, trade-off for, for what you'd get a, not much for in, like, the U.S., in New York mm -hmm. or something like that. No, absolutely. Yeah, prices are, are crazy right now. And, you know, I kind of look at life the same way, where I spend and I don't worry about what I'm spending because I, I shouldn't have to. But how do you get to that place? And the way that I think about it is if you're not investing in a, or if you're just doing traditional investment routes of like putting it in your savings account, you're already messing up. So mm. again, when it comes to finding somebody who is an expert in the area, you either 
talk to somebody who's an invest, uh, you know, an expert in stocks or an expert in crypto and take advantage of the opportunities that you have. If you're not investing the portion of money that you have, you're already you're just messing up and you're not allowing yourself to be able to live the life that you want to live. Yeah, completely agree. There's a couple of quite good websites I'm not affiliated to, but they've I've learned quite a lot from. One's called Nomad Capitalist and one's called um, The Sovereign Man. And they both get a lot of good advice on kind of uh, basing your tax residency elsewhere legally. So, for mm -hmm. example, you could base yourself. I'm literally, it's so funny that you just said that because I'm literally teaching my guys about this and I'm filing my papers on that shortly. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't <laughs> really want to, cool. you want to, you want to have you, as you said, you want to go to an expert because you don't want to kind of John Maccabee style thing where the IRS come and jump on you in a fucking boat mm -hmm. in the Mediterranean and throw you in a yeah. jail cell for back tax payment. So you need to, you need to get that shit taken care of. But I completely agree. You should be looking to invest. Um, I've got some crypto. I've got some stocks. I've got some shares. Again, I've got an, uh, I've got people handling that for me that actually understand that stuff. I don't have to do anything. I just provide the money and they provide a fee for them. No brainer. That being said, I am learning crypto. I've got a mentor and I've been doing some courses. So, you know, it's good to diversify, have two or three income streams. There's no excuse um, in this day and age not to be yeah. doing something. You can, you can set up businesses like that. You know, it's super easy. So again, it's just laziness if, if you're not kind of making money, really, in my opinion. If you're watching this, you're relatively wealthy, you're educated. You know if you're you know, you know if you're you're actually learning something and, and investing wisely. We don't need to tell you that. But again, go to an expert. Don't try and teach yourself necessarily. That'll be the key. And I, I will I will call out I did uh I did some courses with uh Charlie from Cultivate Crypto. So check out nice. Cultivate Crypto. Him and uh Charlie and Miguel are very they, they are fantastic at analyzing really? the market and giving you information on how to invest and how to get into crypto great i'll check them out as well cultivate crypto nice yeah they are uh they're good friends with uh john from modern uh modern life dating so mld ah okay interesting yeah, yeah he's, he seems like a switch he seems like a switched on guy um i did a podcast with him a while ago he seems to know what he's up to yeah good guy nice yeah yeah so when it comes to when it comes to the finances it's just keeping things balanced and if you if you have a uh you know if you have a vice let's say for example you have an issue spending money um by gambling or an issue spending money shopping just an issue spending money on food like evaluate yourself and balance it out and if you're going to have a vice and spend that money on that vice and you're not willing to give it up, then you need to take the time to figure out, all right, how do I get more money? Because if your income goes up, then that expense stays the same. And I, I think a lot of people don't think of it that way. They think of how do I cut down expenses instead of thinking, how do I bring up the money? Yeah, and that's the difference between abundance mindset and scarcity mindset. And, and you know, if you can live in that abundance mindset, realizing there's so much fucking money in the world, there are so many women in the world and not getting to attach the kind of that inward focus of, you know, hoarding your kind of treasure, proverbial treasure, like an angry dragon. It's a terrible way to think it's inward thinking. You've got to think the bigger picture, think abundance. Um, mm -hmm. Completely agree. 
Yeah. And it's a tough lesson to learn. But again, somebody who is able to confidently manage their assets, manage their finances, that is sexy and attractive to women because they don't want to think about this. They don't care about it. They just want to know that they can go shopping, do whatever it is that they do. They want to know that they're safe. Yeah. And they're going to just, that's something they're going to look at on a, yeah, it's on a fundamental level. It's not even they're thinking about it. They're just going to kind of register. Is this guy a fucking bum? Is he just, mm-hmm. you know, a, a bit of a loose cannon? Cause if he is, that's going to put them off for anything longer term. And let's be honest, most guys, they don't want a one night stand. You want to bring these women into your reality and date them exclusively or not exclusively for long periods of time. So they're going to notice this shit. They're going to see through that facade and see what you're up to um, there. So you've got to have that, that together. And also, if you are dating, you know, a lot of men now, they don't want to be dating Anglosphere women. If you want to be dating a, you know, a stunner from the former Soviet Union, you've got to be well and truly expected to pay. You're going to be paying, right? That is your role as a man, unfortunately, or whatever, fortunately. You know, the trade-off is you get a nice, stunning former Soviet Union girl, but you are taking care of her financially. Not obviously paying for her entire life if you're not married to her, but if you're mm-hmm. taking her out for a meal, you're paying. If you're going out for drinks, you're paying. The man pays in these countries. That's just the culture. So you need to be earning enough to be able to do that as well. Yeah, and it, it's powerful as well. I tell you, in a, in America, when you go out on a date, they talk about the equality and everything. But if the bill comes and you slap down your credit card and you just take it right back, we're good. That is sexy because you don't care about the cost of it. And she sees that. And it is that interaction is not interrupting the date that you're on. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You've got to be prepared to do that. Guys are always like, oh, man, it's beta. If you pay the bill, you're going to split it. It's like, no, it's fucking not. If you're worrying about fucking the the price of a check, you're not earning enough money. Earn more money. It's just obvious. Like Mm -hmm. everyone likes nice shit. You can pretend that you love driving around a fucking camper van living in the woods, but let's be fucking honest. You don't, you prefer to stay in a nice four-star hotel. You know, everyone likes luxury. You don't have to be Floyd Mayweather with your fucking 10 fucking limousines lined up in your fucking, you know, airport drive, but you have to be able to be able to stay in nice places. Never check a bill, buy what mm-hmm. you want. I mean, that's just obvious as, as a, as a man who has his life together. If you're thinking about the architect of a, of a, a lot of guys strive to be alpha, an architect wife alpha guy is going to have his fucking resources in order right going back to that medieval caveman he's got a decent looking cave he's got some nice meat stacked up in the corner you know a couple of girls come in because they see that that's basically the same thing now do you live in a fucking shoebox if you do stop running around the streets for five ten hours a day trying to pick up women because you've got a concrete ceiling on what you're doing earn more money um sort your fashion out and get in shape those three things if you get in shape uh, you know, fashion and grooming and in shape, uh, more fucking money. That Those those things alone will, will massively increase the amount of attention you're getting from women, even if you're not approaching. And then you, you layer on the approaching that social freedom element of can you fucking approach anyone, anytime, like a fucking boss, high level social, emotional intelligence skills, game, charisma, learn charisma. Mm-hmm. You can be smashing it. And guys always I see are hamstringing themselves in one of these areas. Like, I, and I don't get why, because it's all in your control to, to, to change. So it doesn't make sense. It's like self-sabotage 101. If anything, it's like the Jonah complex. Maslow talks about it. It's not fear of failure. It's fear of success. 
because they're used to being in this kind of self-imposed prison of failure. You don't want to succeed, really, because it's not any change is uncomfortable, positive or negative. So it's easier to almost self-sabotage and just mm -hmm. be having those bad habits from before, I think. No, I, I completely agree with that. It, it's funny. You sound, you sound exactly like Andrew Tate and how he, he thinks about life. Because uh, it, it really is. It's like, wh why, are we, why are we spending so much time focusing on these things and not just make more fucking money? Make more fucking money. It's simple. Um, but yeah, you, yeah. you, you, you want to have it all in perspective. It's like, you know, think of it as a, like a, you know, bow and arrow and there's many strings to the bow. Speaking to women, social skills, learn charisma is absolutely one part. They call it PQ now. So they've got IQ, you know, they've got FQ, financial intelligence. They call it PQ, people, you've got emotional intelligence, EQ, and they've got PQ now, dealing with people. Yeah, it's super important because anything you could ever want in life is accessible through someone else or you can be taught it by someone else. So you need to be able to deal with people. But you have to have the other elements. It's so obvious, isn't it? It's blindingly obvious just to get the other yeah. shit sorted out. Make your it's life obvious to us. It's obvious to us yeah. because we live that style of life. A lot of yeah, it's true. It's true. Pre-game, it, it probably wasn't obvious. You kind mm -hmm. of would know. You kind of would know it if someone told you. Be like, well, yeah, that's obvious. But yeah, you wouldn't necessarily consciously think about it and then consciously actually do something about it. And I think a lot of guys will probably be thinking, watching this, oh fuck, yeah, it makes sense to get a coach in that area. I hadn't thought about that before. So that's mm -hmm. also kind of the step up where you outsource it to a guy who can actually do that stuff for you. Um, yeah. Why teach yourself? There's no point wasting your time teaching yourself another skill set when you, unless you want to do that thing like say you wanted to take up but yeah anything you want to do you just, just get a teacher right say you wanted to become a dj go fucking you get a mentor and do a course you don't teach yourself right say you wanted to learn yeah. to play guitar you don't teach yourself say you wanted to learn muay thai you don't teach yourself off youtube you fucking go and get a coach like it's a no-brainer it's so it's so obvious I'm, but i have to we have to keep repeating it so people understand you have to mm -hmm. often repeat stuff 20 or 30 times to someone for them to go Oh shit! And they actually listen. Light bulb moment, and then they go and do something about it. Mm -hmm. No, that's so true. And you know, I, I think everything that we're talking about these are building blocks to the pyramid that is lifestyle. Are you a cool person? Are you enjoying life? Are people enjoying being around you? And like, I, I was just thinking about it. So um, you know, we did that Vegas trip, uh, but prior to that, back in April, we went to Miami. And we uh, we rented a yacht and we're out there on, on the water and I'm just looking around thinking like, this is really fucking cool. It's really fucking cool. And anybody who sees that, sees any Instagram stories, like they're thinking the same thing. Like, damn, he's living his best life. But you can only live that life if you have all your other foundational blocks in order. I agree. I agree. Uh, that, that idea of actually enjoying the reality you're living is super important because, again, women jump into your reality. There's a great analogy. I think the guy I work with, Les, came up with it, but he said that men are island and women are boats. And the boat will come in and stop on the island for a bit and then go off to another island if it's not doesn't like the island. And it's true. Like You're pulling the woman into your reality. Um, most, most guys, you don't just want a one-night stand with a girl, obviously. You want to, if she's a hot girl and you get on with her, you want to keep having sex with her and actually have an emotional connection with her because that's cool, right? So you need to be living a cool reality because if you don't enjoy your own reality, then she's not going to fucking enjoy your own reality, your reality, because she jumps into your reality. She takes on your hopes and fears. Behind every good man, there's a good woman. 
She has your kids. You literally put your sperm into her. You've got to provide a fucking good reality. Your reality has to be on point. You've got to make her feel safe. It's got to be exciting. But not for her. It's for you. And then mm-hmm. she gets to jump into that. But you, you do it for you, not for the woman. It's not never yeah. for the women. It's for yourself. And that's one thing that I always uh, disagreed with mystery on when it came to peacocking, where it's like acting acting as if you're cooler or more interesting than you are. Because I think that 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 needs to come from inside. Like, who are you? And when you have those foundational blocks, then you actually live that like that lifestyle of of who that person is. You can, you can fake it, but eventually that's going to come crashing down. And women are very good at seeing through it. Yeah, I agree. And and that was actually the old school game mythology. It's fake the value. It's trick basically trick women into bed. It'd be this stereotypical, um, you know, basement dwelling nerd who then mm-hmm. kind of, you know, use lines and routines to get the girl into bed. But again, thinking about longer term, you want that girl to stick into your reality. You can't fake this stuff. Instead of faking being the high value guy, just fucking become the high value guy. It's just why, why it's the same amount of effort to fake it. In fact, it's probably even more effort to fake it. So just mm-hmm. actually do the actions that allow you to become that guy. And then you, you don't need this kind of performance element. There is, there is an argument to say that a lot of game is, is performance to a degree. And you can argue that at the beginning, that kind of courtship phase, but you're not faking the intrinsic value you have, which is, yeah, the old school PUA stuff was exactly that. It was faking pretending to be an alpha boss basically, but you didn't, they didn't actually have any other value to back it up. So hence yeah. why their game, their kind of routines and stuff had to be so good because they had nothing else to offer. I completely agree. I, I had a buddy uh, back in college that he did this exact same thing where he would use a fake name and he would make shit up and he would just get a, get a girl one night. And then he would wonder why she would never come back. Because she's yeah. she saw through the bullshit as time went on because he wasn't being um, congruent, 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 congruent. That is my favorite word because you need to be yourself. And if you are not, then you're just lining yourself up for failure. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's partly why guys get confused as well, because they'll go, oh, well, you're just saying just be yourself. But no, that's not what we're saying. We're saying um, improve yourself like across every area and then you're kind of upgrading yourself. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you're just faking it, if you're pretending you're, you know, some fucking you're pretending you're you're a pilot or something, you, you know, you're just making making up a profession when you live in your mom's basement and you haven't got any money. It's going to come <laughs> crashing down. It's very unfulfilling because. Yeah it's a performance yeah you might snag the girl for one night but you're not going to get a long term and and for most men again you don't have to get married but most men want to build this kind of you know non-exclusive relationships with different women where you repeatedly see them and you have fun and you have to actually be that guy to be able to do that it doesn't work otherwise right and that's why i always ask people um when i do my consults before i begin a program with somebody what do you want? You need to tell me first, what do you want? Because otherwise I'm not trying to tell you how to go out there and be a, a mystery with his painted nails and top hat and, you know, the goofball stuff. Um, I, I want you to be successful in what you want. I, I, most men, I would say, 
they want to have that long-term relationship. They want to have a marriage. They want to have kids. How do we work together to get you there? Because if you're going to tell me, oh, I, I just don't do well with women. Okay, well, why do you want to get good with women? Mm-hmm. Is it just to have sex once? You can go pay a prostitute. Like, what what are you looking for? And I think that's so important. And uh, these building blocks of being a well-rounded man, it, it really it really helps set you up. It, again, the word I used before, foundational. It sets you up for whatever it is that you want. Yeah, it does. And is there anything, any other kind of core things that you think that guys should look at? So we've covered kind of being in shape and, mm-hmm. and the, the, the grooming element, the fashion element, um, money, obviously important. Living I got, a, interesting I, got a great one. I got a great one for you. Um, so I've actually been seeing you all for over a year now. And um, after our first date uh, and yeah, I mean, things things went well. Um, I asked her, what was the moment that you were most attracted to me? Like, what, what was the moment that you decided you wanted to have sex with me? And what she said to me, how passionately you talked about the Korean video game that you've been playing for six years. Can you even have, like... A lot of men like listening to this or, or even on the playback. Can you even imagine that statement coming out of a girl's mouth? Like playing, it's, playing it's definitely Korean, left field. <laughs> definitely left field. Playing a weird Korean video game. But the reason why she was attracted to that was because of the confidence that I portrayed mm-hmm. sharing this with her. And I I, I was not scared to be myself. Right. This is me. This is what I do. So Take it or leave it. And, you know, a lot of people out there, they don't have that confidence. And right. seeing that confidence in another is, uh, it, it is attractive all the way around. Yeah, I think there's two elements there, isn't there? There's that having it, having something you're actually genuinely passionate about, which can be anything. It doesn't really matter. Again, women are looking at how, what, what have you, do you, have you figured out what you like in life? And are you, are you passionately pursuing that? It can be anything. So that's one thing. And also that vulnerability is kind of just say, yeah, that take it or leave it attitude of this is what I like, this is what I'm about. I don't give a fuck, you know, this is me. So I think there's two elements that's being communicated there. Again, this is so this is why guys should kind of, yeah, filter through lots of different, you know, kind of hobbies or passions or try lots of different stuff, you know, adrenaline stuff or video games or whatever it is and figure out what you actually like. So it's, it's just going to be helpful, right? Um, I'd add on top of that as well, the things that typically I think guys can work on, which are, which are going to be useful for them in life. Those kind of quote unquote masculine traits, the ability to quite be quite socially dominant, which kind of plays into game, but leading, um, you know, having strong boundaries, assertiveness, those are big things. Um, I, I'm a big advocate in, in, in getting guys to learn how to fight, not in a street with a bottom and a knife, but actually some sort of fighting style. Because again, when you know you can handle yourself, boxing or Muay Thai or something like that, or MMA, whatever it is, you have this, you project a certain confidence, women are going to feel safe around that. Again, you're not doing it for the women, you're doing it for you, because you feel safe, right? You can walk around and know that you can handle yourself, it's going to be helpful mm-hmm. to you. Um, any kind of other value adds as well are quite cool. I mean, I'm, I'm an advocate of learning languages, 
I travel a lot, so it's a no-brainer. I think if you spend time in other places to learn the language, uh, especially if it's Spanish or Portuguese, they're level one languages, so they're super easy to learn. No real excuse if you spend time in Colombia, Argentina, Brazil, when you want to pick up chicks. You know, it's going to allow you to do more. Um, yeah, just just doing shit in life you actually want to do, really, isn't it? As you said, not giving a fuck. Like you decide what you want to do and you go after it that ambition, that passion, that's super attractive. Yeah, absolutely. I saw that uh, Jake here had uh, given a super chat. Appreciate that. This is so He's true. a good guy. Have you come across him before? No, I have not, um, but I wanted to call him out. I, I'm sure he's a, he's a follower of yourself. Um, yeah, he runs, a, he runs a similar thing. I remember coming on his channel, actually. Um, going on his channel he's he's a he's a brazilian dude living in sao paulo and he, he he teaches guys day game and night game he's a cool guy so if you ever go to brazil and you head to sao paulo he'll be able to hook you up he speaks great english as well awesome so yeah i'll probably hit him up yeah you should man uh, he's, he's but cool. I, lo I love this i love this statement here uh it's better to be a seven across the board than a 10 in one thing and a two in others that is so true like if you are that's why, like, when when somebody becomes a, a crazy fitness guru and they're like crazy max ripped, but they don't know how to talk to women or they don't have a lot of money in the bank, who who gives a shit? You know, uh, it's important to have all aspects there so that you can continue to move forward and uh, be more more attractive than the rest of the competition. Agreed. Absolutely. So I'm just looking through the rest of the stuff here. Um, so this is uh, this is interesting. Coming uh, coming up blank when you're in conversation. Why would you be coming up blank? You're coming up blank because you think she's more attractive, or she she holds more value than you, right? So when you teach somebody on uh, cold approach. How do you how do you tell them to kind of think on their feet in that moment? Yeah, I mean, you can do this the certain structures we give to guys. So you can riff on their clothing. You know, if it's in a place where there's not a high proportion of tourists, if you're in an international city, riffing on kind of what they look like. So if they're blonde hair, blue eyes, saying they're Scandinavian, and then they'll go, Oh, I'm from actually from, you know, wherever they're from, and you talk about that place in a teasy kind of way. And the reason that's good is it's relatable to them without being offensive. If you came up to me and said, James, where's your cup of tea? I'd find it funny and I'd find it engaging because obviously the stereotype is English people drink tea, but it's not personally offensive. So that's why nationality stereotypes are so good. If you're in a place with, um, you know, where it's not many tourists, you can riff on her clothing and her vibe, um, what she does for work, stuff like that. If she's dressed all, all black, super corporate, you could be taking the piss out of her for being a ninja or a spy. Again, playful stuff, just having fun with it, saying what you see, making the conversation about her initially, because women don't give a fuck about you at the beginning. It's about putting stuff mm -hmm. onto her and seeing how she responds, but doing it with that playful, teasy dynamic. Um, yeah, I'd say that was the main thing. I mean, it's basically the ability to go up and riff. Like, guys will guys go up i think one of the big mistakes i see in day game is guys go up and give a compliment and then they'll go oh you you look great and then they'll just stand there and they think right that's it job done like like the woman's just gonna like take her like fucking panties down and it's game on 
It's like, no, mm-hmm. that's the start. You've got her attention. That's the start of it. Now, what, what else, right? So those first few minutes of the conversation, it's almost like improv, but the audience, instead of being drunk guys in a bar, is a, as an attractive woman. And it's your ability to come up with stuff on the fly, make it about her, but also do it in a playful tone. And again, confidence is just situational competence. The more you rep it, the more you do this, the better you get. It's that simple. You're going to start off super awkward at it. Um, and that's probably the stage you're at. But the more you practice it, the better. There's hundreds of examples of me doing it on my channel. You can watch all the infields where it's just me or whoever I'm out with just riffing on different stuff in the moment. You'll see nationality or what she does for a job or whatever. Again, the obvious thing that springs to mind, though, Carl, is if you've been doing this for a while, go to a coach who can then actually give you a plan, listen to you, watch you, give you feedback. Obviously, don't try and teach yourself. That is, uh, it's great advice. I completely agree with you on this. I was actually in, in the console I was doing earlier, I was talking about that, um, the, the referring, because again, it, it comes down to the questions like, okay, well, like, what do I say next? And it's like, just have fun with it. Just be confident. It's just, you have know, keep, fun. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it really comes down to. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, um, I think we've covered all the aspects of a well-rounded man, but one thing I wanted to ask you when it comes to the current dating state, we obviously have all these apps now, and then we also have cold approach. We can do day game. We can do night game. What is your preference for like, what do you think is best right now for us to be using and how, how do we kind of navigate that? Good, good. Really good question. Cause it's a very confusing market. Um, I stopped going to clubs because I, and I, I love drinking. I, you know, I'm English, right? We're in the pub at 15 with our <laughs> fake IDs. Um, but it got to the stage where I hit 30 and I just couldn't, I like to go out and have a drink if I'm going to go and do night game. I just couldn't, I, I'm doing so much shit with my time. It just didn't, it wasn't congruent with my lifestyle. I started traveling. And so one of the major reasons I'd, I'd learned day game before that is to fit into my lifestyle, doing lots of other stuff with my time. And then it's like, okay, see the girl at the coffee shop, take the shot see the guy at the gym, take the shot, see the receptionist at the gym, take the shot, walking back on my way to meet my friends, take the shot, two girls in a restaurant. It was more about integrating approaching as a lifestyle thing. Um, because I knew that was the most time effective way to do things. And it paid dividends mm-hmm. because if you can approach 20 girls a week, 20, 25 girls a week, you know what you're doing, that will typically generate you two or three dates a week. Um, which is basically what most guys want. And the benefit of doing that via cold approach is your getting the vibe of the girl. She's getting the vibe of you. If she's coming out on the date, you've built so much value. You know she wants to be there. It gives you that innate confidence. The problem with an online dating app date is it's you've built zero value. Um, so it's basically like a blind date. The women always turn up and they're two points lower. Always. I don't care what people say. They always are. I know a couple of guys, very high-value men, who can who do very well off dating apps. They're in the high-end dating apps. I can't remember. There was one called... The one called like Rain uh, or something. Raya, Raya, Raya. They're so they're like they're they're good looking guys. They've got a bit of money, you know. They're well dressed. They've got they're, they're valuable men and they do well. But mm-hmm. this is a very small minutiae of guys. You know, this is the top one percent of men fucking basically ninety percent of the women um, on on dating apps. Um, I think they're a minefield. They're also businesses. Guys forget this, but Tinder is a fucking business. It's not in their interest to set you up and solve your dating problems because they can't get subscription or payments from you anymore. 
Uh-huh. So it, guys are like, oh, yeah, t- you know, Tinder, I, I honestly don't think dating apps solve any problems. I think they complicate things. They're a brilliant business model. And if I was a woman, I would absolutely be using them because women don't cold approach. It's not their job to approach. They put up a few good photos and they have thousands of men all competing for them. The chase dynamics reverse. And they I actually just pick and choose. Yeah. I, I, set up, I, set I can up imagine you being profile. with your sexy beard. It wouldn't be suspicious at all. <laughs> no, but I set, fake, I, I set up a fake woman's profile and I just wanted to see, all right, what happens next? You would be amazed and you would be amazed at the, the shit that these guys say. It is unbelievable how uncalibrated people are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how many, Hey, how are you? Or what are you up to with a, like a two is, is kind of the standard opener, right? But man, I, I honestly think dating apps are a minefield. If you're a, a high value man, I don't know the takes personally, but I know they've got, you know, pretty strong Instagrams, a couple of hundred thousand followers, them showing off a cool lifestyle. You've got an ecosystem. You can, you can do pretty well because you're going to message women. And if your follow, if your count is higher than them, you've got a chance of getting them out. But again, just think, I, I mean, I've, I've got women to show me their Instagrams and stuff that I've been dating. They're attractive women. It's unbelievable the amount of, um, the amount of requests coming in. So again, it's a bit of a fuck, fuck dynamic. Cold approach, I love it because you can travel. You can touch down anywhere in the world, depending on the type of women you like. And you know you can go out and you can make something happen. And you stand out because no one has the balls to fucking directly speak to people anymore. So you stand out. I think cold approach, I, I stand by the cold approach, I believe, is the most time effective and cost effective way to meet and date high value attractive women. And I've tried every type of hustle. I've tried entourage game. I've been out with club promoters a lot. I've tried online dating. I've done a lot of bar game, night game. I think I think cold approach is the best. Um, I'm not saying don't supplement, right? If you like, I always say to guys, 90% cold approach because there's a lot of cross benefits. You become a, bo- a lot more social and emotion intelligent and everything is about social skills. You're, you're taking down your fear barriers. You're pushing yourself to be a better man. Um, but absolutely, 90% cold approach, 10% whatever the fuck you want. Co- you know, cocaine, strippers, hookers, Tinder, <laughs> you know, whatever you fucking want. But, but I'd say majority cold approach in my... Uh, opinion is is the best way to go about things. What what about you? Oh. I'm intrigued. Do you have any yeah, kind of different so, thoughts on that? Yeah. So no, absolutely. I I completely agree. I think that the cold approach it leads to the most fun interactions, but it also is the most nerve wracking. Um, I teach guys about using dating apps. I typically teach about Hinge, um, and I have people they will source from dating apps and then I move them to a video chat with the girl very quickly. Um, what I call a five for five, where it's no more than five messages from you and no more than five messages from her until you're on a video chat. And if she doesn't want to do it, it's not worth your time. Move on. And yeah, I like it. It works. It works very well because then when you're actually doing this, um, I would say 15, 20 minutes, you get an opportunity to see, does she actually look like her photos? You also can find out, all right, personality-wise, do we actually get along? Um, is this somebody that's fun to hang out with? Um, and then you can also, you can set up the date straight from that as well. You know, if you're in the moment and you and you guys work and you're flirty and fun, you can set that date right away. 
So it, it's essentially the same as cold approach, but just converted to today's world, I guess you would say. Yeah, I'm not I'm not against it. I think it's a clever system. And again, it's just about I think, yeah, the differences with um I think you bet yeah, you built a little bit of value on the video chat. I think you're yeah, you you're gonna your date mm-hmm. game's still gonna have to be pretty good because you you build so much from going up to a girl saying a coffee shop and giving her a direct compliment and then you know kind of get having chemistry with her which is you run game you create mm-hmm. so much value so when you actually go on the date it really is a case of not fucking up and just escalating and building some comfort and taking her home a lot of the time um when it's a social media dating app date you've got to do a bit more work on the date but that being said that's no bad thing you know again date game is perfectly learnable so I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's a good idea. I was experimenting a bit as well with personal Instagram ads, which actually were pretty good. Um, they they work quite well. Like I was running them in Brazil for a bit, so it'd be like a fifteen second clip of me being like, "Hey, stop dating those Brazilian guys. They're fucking you over." I'm a nice English guy in this part of <laughs> you know Rio. I'll take you out. And we can sit by the beach and have a coconut. And I was putting like you run it through Facebook on Instagram, and it pops up in like you can select you like laser focus like between 21 to 28 year old women interested in fitness, fashion, English speaking. So you can be very targeted and it actually worked really well because I'd get replies from women being like, what the fuck? Cause they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like no one does that. So that was actually quite a good system. Um, I mean, again, it's really what you're off. It's, yeah, like it's, it's works pretty well. I'll send you a course on it. There was a guy, a Serbian guy that sent us a course on it. It was pretty, teach you how to do it. It's pretty good. Um, it depends what guys are into, isn't it? Because again, if you're yeah. a younger guy, you're probably just going to be wanting to have some fun. I'd recommend going out and smashing the bar scene. If you don't have a job, you know, or, or you're not, you know, you're not wanting to make loads of money exit. You're a younger guy, you're at college or whatever. Yeah. Fucking go out six days a week to bars and just try and pull, you know, go through that process. If you want to experiment, you know, sign up to fucking swingers clubs, sex clubs, fly to Berlin, have a weekend in Berghain, Kitkat club, Watergate, all that shit do some crazy shit like that. It's just figuring out what you want really. Or if you want mm-hmm. to do something else, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an advocate, uh, an advocate of, you know, pay for play, but you can have a lot of fun if you fly to Cartagena and, uh, you know, rent a boat out with five, five Venezuelan girls, you know, for $50, you can take them off for a day to a private Island with a couple of grams of cocaine and five of you and just do what the fuck you want. Why not? You know, why not? Why not supplement your life with that sort of shit? You know, have you some fun. Just like me. Yeah, we must we must do this trip. You'll see the new boot camp, Tusk and the husband. Suspiciously, it's like us with really wide eyes going, "Come to Cartagena," and there's like some shifty-looking women behind us with handcuffs on. That could be the new thing, man. There was actually that I saw that it was a really like it was in the one of the English newspapers, but some guy basically set it up so you could go on this unlip this cruise where you have unlimited for three days, unlimited alcohol, unlimited drugs, unlimited women. And it was like five guys as the clients and there were 20 women on the boat and it was just three days and they paid like five five k each it looked amazing i was like Fuck, that'd yeah, be a great way to spend amazing. a birthday and that's yeah, not like it's, it's 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 shamelessly hedonistic and you know the purists will be like oh well you didn't bang her from cold approach how can you do that it's like no fuck <laughs> off everyone likes an orgy you know it doesn't matter if you pay a bit who gives a fuck? yeah no that's phenomenal oh i love that i love that <laughs> Maybe that's that's what I do next. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, man, that's the way to do it. Or just go to like you know experiment, go to some sex clubs and shit. Go to Berlin, 
or you know anywhere anywhere in the world you know you can google go online go on his instagram and type in like or go and you know, go on to google and type in swingers parties and all you've got to do is turn up with an attractive girl and preferably a girl you've started dating where you don't really give a fuck if she fucks someone else but also don't you know take her she... to a swingers club on your first date <laughs> no I'm... don't do that don't do that but women are the best wing women are the best wingmen right so if you took a couple of really attractive women to a swingers club you can fucking have an orgy because they you just send them off they go and take take two other women in you know for you and you can just go to a room and just get it on women can pick up women so much better than men can so if you're oh, going yeah. out forget wingmen get a wing woman you know get a girl that you're maybe just friends with you haven't hooked up with or you're just kind of casual and it doesn't matter and you can have fun and just she'll you just you just sit there in silence you just don't do anything she'll do it all for you that's wild it's a different life i have not done that yet so that's it's very interesting and i've heard some of this stuff very cool very cool the next boot camp we know whether it's going to be it'll be you like the thumbnail will be you mm -hmm. in a dungeon the safety <laughs> words banana <laughs> someone whipping you from behind <laughs> oh man Oh man, <laughs> this is good stuff. Good stuff. I I had a question on cold approach. I'm trying to recall it, and I I can't even right now. I'm just I I'm visually thinking through some of the nonsense. Like I'm a I'm a very kinky sexual guy, so I'm just like thinking through the nonsense that would go on if I went to swing. Yeah, spot. man. <laughs> well you only live you only live once so fuck it why not you know? right you can have some, yeah, who, can cares? Have some crazy who cares who cares what everybody else has to say who cares you know and like it's all about experimentation um yeah you and if you don't experiment like like anything in life right obviously if you want to figure out what you like in life you know whether you like to play tennis or scuba diving or skydiving how do you do it you have to do it so it's the same with sexual variety men should create a bucket list and also a fuck it list which is loads of shit they want to do sexually, like have threesomes, have orgies and tick those sh that shit off and actually mm -hmm. think about how you're going to do it because otherwise you won't do it because the time will just pass and you're not going to like luck your way into a fucking foursome by just approaching a single girl every time. Right. So you have to be <laughs> thinking, right, if I want to yeah. do that, how do I actually do that and put the plan in place? Because mm -hmm. otherwise it's just a dream. You need steps to make it into a plan or a goal. So, yeah, and I, actually, yeah. I don't know if you know uh, Sterling Cooper, um he was yeah uh, i know he, of, i i know of him yeah he's a, he's a porn star and he's kind of in this dating space a little bit uh he helps men improve on their sexual life and uh i actually had a discussion on some kinks with him behind the scenes and again he doubles down on that well just try it see what happens next and i think that is so important like even if you think that your your fetish is weird um go for it why not? Yeah, you have nothing I just, to lose. nothing to lose. I remember like one time, this is a bit of a tangent, but kind of relevant, but it just goes to show what, you know, what kind of shit goes down. Like if you just say yes to stuff. So I was in, I was swiping through Tinder mm -hmm. uh, in Colombia, actually, ironically, after slacking off Tinder in Bogota, I matched with a girl um, and I was like, do you want to go for a drink quite early? And she was like, why don't you just come to my apartment? I was like, what the fuck? So I went to her apartment. It was a very, very nice place. And I walked in and then I immediately saw on the left-hand side on the wall, it was like a photo of like her and a guy. And it was like their wedding day. I was like, what the fuck? She was like, yeah, my husband's out of town. And we basically proceeded to have sex straight away. I was like, okay, is this how mm -hmm. Tinder works in Colombia? Whatever, left. Next day, 
match with a really hot girl on Tinder just swiping through. Same thing. Hey, do you want to go for a drink? No, just come round to mine. I was like, what the fuck is this? Is this how <laughs> Tinder works here? Because if it is, I'm going to start using Tinder in fucking Bogota. Fuck cold approach. Went round to this <laughs> other girl's apartment, knock on the door, and opens the door. And this guy, there's a guy standing there, an American dude, because he's like, oh, hello, James, in like a quite a thick American accent. I was like, what the fuck? Is this like, have I been catfished? Um, walk in. And I was like, hey. And he's like, I'm Nick. And I was like, okay. I was thinking in my head, right, I've got to play it cool. So I walk in. I was like, hey, Nick. So, um, and he's like, oh, yeah, you, you, you know, you've been talking to Maria, right? We're together. And I was like, okay. She was like, he was, he was like, oh, she'll be, she'll be through in just a second. And she came through looking smoking hot. You know, this is one of these rare instances where the woman looks actually far better. The only mm -hmm. time I think I can remember where she looks far better, she's wearing this like kinky fucking black, like really small kind of leathery thing. I was just like, fucking hell, this is confusing. And also I'm very horny. Um, <laughs> so I was standing there with a hard on pretending not to have one kind of tucking it into because I was just like, what the, what's the fucking vibe? We started having some drinks and just having a bit of small talk. Eventually Nick goes to the bathroom. So I turned to Maria. I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, Oh, look, we're together, but you know, he's, we have an open relationship. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, Oh, he likes to watch. Is that a problem? And I was like, I've never done something like that before, right? Where it's like I've kind of been to sex parties and that people are like kind of watching stuff, but I never had it in that kind of environment. I was like, mm -hmm. before I could even kind of think of an answer, she kind of dropped to her knees and you know, trousers would pants were down and and stuff started happening. And um, yeah, he we kind of just got it got it started getting it on on the couch. And then I look up and he's kind of just come into the room, you know, without his boxes on. And I was just like, fucking hell, is he going to come lunge at me? But no, is he, he going to sit in the corner and jerk off? Well, I, well, I, well, I was like, okay, is he going to get involved? Um, is he going to kind of charge in and, and you know, what's going to happen? I wanted, cause I wanted to make it clear if that was the case. I wasn't into guys cause that hadn't been communicated. So I was like, Oh, is this, is this what they're going to try and do? Have I had mm -hmm. something slip to my drink? All these kind of thoughts running through my head, but no, he went over and he just sat in a chair. And you can see that he was like, I was banging the girl. You could, I kind of glance over. You can see he's super excited by it. Like he's obviously one of these guys who's outwardly quite a normal dude, but very into that idea of kind of, you know, please bang my wife, very much kind of cook old stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, you know, and so, you know, carried on. And then I was in Bogota for a couple more weeks. So it was about five occasions where they'd just message me and say, come round. And it'd just be her like laying on the kitchen table. And I'd just be banging her and he'd just be watching, like just super excited by it all. So it just goes to show, man, like the shit that, <laughs> the shit that happens when you travel around. If you put yourself in circumstances, like go to, if you are traveling around South America, just go to fucking, not strip clubs, I think they're a fucking waste of time, but go to sign up to, you know, go to swingers events, go to sex clubs, all this sort of shit. Just go and try it because if you don't like it, you can just walk out. There's no expectation you have to do anything. So right. why not just try it? Um, but yeah, you get crazy shit happening and it's just like, I, I mean, it wouldn't, wasn't my cup of tea. If I was dating a girl, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't want to see her getting smashed in front of me. Um, that is but obviously it was just kind of his thing. That is, yeah. that is crazy. So interesting. But really? how did he even find out about that? He found out by doing that exact thing, trying something new. He was thinking about it yeah. in his head. So he scheduled it. He organized something. And he found out he liked it, so he continued doing it. Yeah, 
And if you, there's an app that I've been kind of messing around on recently, which is quite an interesting one that guys could download. I think it actually operates in the US as well as the UK called Field. It's F-E-E-L-D. And it's basically a swingers app. So you get, you swipe mm-hmm. through and you'll see couples that are kind of like saying what they're up for. So there'll be lots of guys saying, look, you can bang my wife in front of me. You know, um, there'll be other things where it's like the guy is bisexual, the girl's bisexual. And obviously, if you're not into that, you say, look, I'm just not into to guys or whatever but you've got everything going on on there and it's quite an easy way to find to look for threesomes um so if guys are kind of looking to get into more of that check that out pal yeah no i just was looking it up i think one of uh one of my guys he i think it used to be named something else i could be thinking of something different but i remember yeah like i think it was called there was one like that was quite similar to tinder and they had to change it because they had some lawsuit because it was too similar name threenda yeah something like that yeah, yeah, he uh, he had a few threesomes off something like that, but yeah, like. But I, the easiest yeah, way I, to do that, the easiest way to do that for guys that are, are wondering, and it's not go out to a club and like have super game and pick up two separate women. It's be dating a girl in the early stages, and she's open to experimentation, and you get her to pick up the women for you. You go into a bar, and you 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 know you kind of pre-discuss it, but you challenge her to go and pick up a girl, and don't do anything don't do any your your game is not that good as a guy compared to women women are so much more switched on just sit back and don't fuck it up and she'll do it for you that's that's all you need to do yes put her in charge and don't wait until she gets so emotionally attached to you that she just can't even fathom the idea again that's about setting boundaries at the very beginning of a relationship and if this is something that you want make it clear and then take action on it. Don't wait until you guys are celebrating your two year anniversary and she can't even fathom you with another girl. No, it's not gonna, it's not, it's just gonna be a lot harder. Um, and there's, I mean, yeah, the, the, the possibilities are endless. Again, it's really about figuring out, this is why coming back to your thing, Mr. Hudsman about asking guys what they actually want when they start working with you, it's super important because yeah, if you're clear on your goals, then you can every all your actions can line up and actually make that happen. So if you wanted to find, you know, be dating a couple of girls who are bisexual, who would, you know, you could go and have threesomes or foursomes or whatever with, that can be your target. And so you can be screening initially in the conversations or on the apps or whatever for women who are bisexual. And you can filter out as many as you can to find, you know, a couple that you're going to vibe with because that's the goal. So don't leave it to chance. Figure out what it is you want and just go and do it. It's not that hard to do if you have direction. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think the biggest issue is that a lot of guys, they want, when they, when they come looking for help, dating advice, things like that, they want somebody else to tell them what to do. And all you need to do is sit down, think about it, and say what it is you want. But they, they don't want to do that. They want somebody else. Like, we're not, we're not your teacher. We're not your mommy. We're not your daddy you are yourself you're you're an adult male now let's figure it out yeah i agree um yeah i think a lot of guys will come with this generic idea of i just want to get good but it doesn't mean anything that's the thing you've got to have clear goals about is it you want to you know a wife do you want to be just smashing a new girl each night do you want to be having dating two or three new girls non-exclusively it's the goals can change, but having that initial goal or, or goals is, is a very useful thing to have because it gives you direction and it allows you to come, it allows you to overcome the 
kind of the um, you're going to get a lot of rejection, a lot of no's. You're going to be filtering through a lot of duds, people that aren't interested. It allows you to overcome that kind of hardship because you know what mm-hmm. you're striving for. But if you're coming in with a generic idea of, I just want to get good with girls, it doesn't mean shit. So you're going it to fail. Mean quite quickly. It no, doesn't mean it means nothing. It means nothing. But that's guys will say that, oh, I just want to get successful with girls. It's like, no, what is your version? Everyone has their own parameter of success. What's your version of success? Figure that out. Something that's not really related to this that is useful that guys should look at doing is the Jordan Peterson future self-authoring thing because it allows you to map out what you want in your life. And it's something most guys have never done. They just kind of drift aimlessly. I've been through Mm -hmm. stages of that in my life. I can attest to that. But it allows you to actually get on paper what you want in different areas. So it costs like 20 bucks and it's just an online thing. You, You just spend a few days doing it. And it gives you direction. And the analogy that can be used for this is if a ship is leaving port, you know, it goes from London to Hawaii because the route is mapped out and the destination is there 99 times out of 100 bar an act of God, like some random tropical storm, it's going to get there. But if a ship leaves port and it has no destination, then it's just going to end up kind of going around in circles. Like, where the fuck is it going? So as a man, you need clear destinations in different areas of your life. Again, Often it's the journey you enjoy, so make sure you enjoy the process, but you need direction. Otherwise, you're just kind of drifting around in the wind like that proverbial plastic bag in American Beauty, blowing around with no purpose, and it's not a very fulfilling life. I like how you said um, enjoy the journey because that's something I've been struggling with, but I think when you have a destination, you're trying to get there, and then you fail but succeed afterwards over that you know, whatever obstacle you're going through, that is all the better than if you have no destination and you're failing because you care about the failure when you know where you're trying to go. Yeah. You have to enjoy the journey as well because it's all very well having a goal. Like I want to get down to 10% body fat, but often what you find is you reach that goal and then you set a new goal. And if you haven't enjoyed that entire process, then it's just your life has literally been wasted because every second that ticks by is you living you have a certain number of heartbeats, then it's lights out. So you have to be enjoying the odds of you being born one in 400 trillion, according to scientists, right? So appreciate life. It's very short. It's very fleeting. It, the lights could go out at any moment. You have to be enjoying the ride. Otherwise, you're not living life. So the amount of guys I see very stressed out, very angry, just, I'm just like, again, this is kind of a realization I've had because I've lived a very different life the last four years, traveling around doing what I want. But I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you know, you don't notice it, but you're, you're just, why, why be so stressed? Like, why be so angry? Why worry about those tiny details? I think mm-hmm. actually traveling gives you a lot of perspective because you go to places with high, high levels of poverty. You know, you're worrying about too much milk in your coffee and you walk out onto the street in Mexico and you see a kid with no arms and no legs. And you're suddenly like, what the fuck am I worrying about? You know, I'm actually very lucky. So I don't practice gratitude. I practice kind of negative connotation. When I'm feeling down, I'll go on the internet and watch some fucking innocent families being put on, put in oil drums by the Mexican cartel and burnt alive. And suddenly my, my Monday doesn't feel too bad anymore. So it's very important to enjoy, you know, appreciate what you have and, and realize you're very fucking lucky. You're yeah. always going to want more. That's the dichotomy, isn't it? Because we look at celebrities. We look at someone like the rock with his, you know, millions in the bank and a fake, you know, fame and, his tequila brand and you're like oh, why I do wish we I was like, that dude why do we like him why do we like the rock because the rock stays humble so even with success yeah, make sure point. that you always stay humble yeah that's a very good point and i'd say actually that's a very kind of um honorable 
masculine trait is that kind of honorableness. And that's why people don't like Floyd Mayweather because he's an arrogant fucker. And you just look at him, that guy's a dickhead. Like he's Mm -hmm. not humble. He's really showy. It's like he's like got this tiny small man syndrome ego going on. And despite all the success he's got, all the parameters of success, he's still not really happy with it. So he's got to constantly like wave it at people and come take them down. And you're like, that guy's a, a, just a knob, right? So yeah, that's yeah, that's an interesting one. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, someone like someone like The Rock is super humble, isn't he? Um, I'm trying to think of any other kind of those really kind of successful guys that are quite down to earth. I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Um, Ricky, yeah, I, I don't know if you, you, I don't know if you guys, you know, Ricky Gervais, but the guy who's presented the Oscars a few times. Yeah. Um, he's quite a sarcastic guy, English guy. He's quite down to earth. He's, uh, he, he came from very humble beginnings. He created the first UK series of The Office, which then Steve Carell did the American version of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, really. Can't think. Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, regardless, The Rock is such a great example of that. Um, because as we go through this journey, because that's what we're doing, becoming a well-rounded man, succeeding in life, getting where we want to get to. And then as we go through it, we can't forget where we came from and not look down on those, um, you know, that haven't reached that yet. And that's what is just so beautiful about, uh, about the rock. Cause he, he really is. He's always smiling. He's happy. He's friendly. Um, I I've seen videos of, uh, you know, him doing things for, for kids and, uh, and families and whatnot. And he always just has that smile on his face. He never forgot where he came from and he's always looking forward to do even more. Yeah. He seems super humble, doesn't he? Um, I've always wondered like extreme level of fame, how good would it be? I mean, it would obviously be good for the reason that you could go around smashing any girl and like, mm-hmm. you know, you've got externalized validation to the raft, to the rafters. But then you see the flip side of that to be like, would you ever trust anyone? Would you ever actually? And that's why you see a lot of lot of guys, both men and women, who actually stay with their kind of original childhood sweethearts, even though they're not particularly the best looking or highest value people, because they actually trust mm-hmm. them because they were with them before they got famous. I so, never because thought you about trust. Yeah, you don't you don't trust anyone. They're after your power or your money. They just mm-hmm. want to use you. That's what's echoed through a lot of celebrities, and a lot of them are like. There's a there's a really fascinating documentary I'm watching called um, about. Uh, it's on Netflix, The Last Dance, whatever. Right, the Chicago Bulls, when mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was like the boss, and he was saying that he just hated it, hated that height of fame because he just couldn't do anything. He just sit in his hotel room on his own on a Friday night, he couldn't go out because it's too much. It's an yeah. overstimulation. So it's fascinating mm-hmm. to think that, isn't it? That it actually, there's always a flip side. There's always a negative. We, we look at that and we go, oh, that'd be fucking amazing. But there'd be mm-hmm. downsides to it as well because everything you do is always watched. It's like, fuck, yeah. you know, is it too much? Yeah, everybody always has eyes on you. And, you know, I think about it too. If somebody knows, so for example, um, uh, I, I, I can't remember because I don't follow um, rappers and stuff like that, but uh, young, young, I don't know, young dolphin something. I don't know. Some rapper was just killed in Memphis. Um, I think yesterday right. or before. And why was he killed? And why were a lot of these rappers killed? Because people know that they have money and they get angry and jealous of it, and then they go after them. Um, what one of the guys? God, I. 
I wish I had more of this in my head. It's just stuff that I don't remember because to me it's not it's not necessarily important. Um, but I, I remember that story of the one guy who was uh, down in Florida and he was just at a car dealership getting a new car and he got gunned down. I don't want people to know the money that I have. I don't want people to know the life that I live. I'd rather stay in the background and just keep doing what I do. Whereas if you're somebody like, you know, Michael Jordan or anybody who is that successful, you always have a target on your head. And then you have to be paying like a bodyguard at all times. It just seems yeah. obnoxious and silly to me. I, I don't think they're necessarily going for it, are they? They're, it's just a side effect of when you're very, very successful at something you've chosen to do. Mm -hmm. That often fame would come alongside it when you get to the top of your tree in any one thing. You know, yeah. it, you can pick anything probably, and the, the the top performers in that field, however niche that thing might be, are going to be known. They're going to be famous. I mean, even the top the top video game guys in the world, right? They're super famous. Mm -hmm. There's billions of viewers of video games. You wouldn't think of that as necessary alpha male, but they are top of the tree, and they can within a certain remit get pick of any women they want. They're getting paid millions of dollars. The world chess champion. Everyone's heard of Gary Kasparov, right? It's a fucking geeky game. But when you get to the, t it's, a, it's a side effect. I think fame is a side effect of, of being successful in whatever you've chosen to do. So I don't think it's necessarily, yeah, if you're trying to just trying to get famous for, for, for the sake of being famous, you, you don't, there's not much substance to it. It's usually as a result of you being very fucking world class at what you're doing. You get fame. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure necessarily they actually want it, a lot of them, but it comes kind of hand in hand, I guess, when you get to the top of your field. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. It's a very, very interesting thought. Very interesting thought. Again, comes down to it'd be uh, nice to try it for a day. I'm not. I'm not going to say it wouldn't. Yeah, Let's be honest. To be the rock. To be the rock for a day, you'd be yeah. like, what? You, you wonder why these people get married, don't you? You see, because yeah. you see, like the leads. You know, the the Metallica, like those four guys. They're all happily married now. You know, you just you. It's almost like, can you have so much sex where you just like, you know what? I want. I want a different challenge now. My challenge is to not have sex. So you get married, it's almost like a personal challenge not to bang anyone else. Instead of trying to, you know, relentlessly normal people trying to relentlessly cheat on their spouse just to get mm -hmm. a bit of strain. It's the opposite, where they're like, it's a challenge not to get laid because they can just walk out of the house and get laid straight away. So and it, it gives them a lot flips. of security, safety and security. Whereas if they're just out there, like everybody's throwing themselves at them, but then they have they have somebody who they can talk to and work through life with. Whereas, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's very difficult to like kind of. It must be crazy. It must be crazy, man. Yeah. Like you know, imagine getting off stage. You're like Metallica, like the the lead singer James Hetfield back in the day. You get off stage. It just must be, you know, a hundred thousand people have just been seeing you perform. Or Rod Stewart, when he played in Brazil uh, back in I think it was the late eighties. One million people on the beach of Copacabana watching him. One million, and then it's being streamed to like ten million people worldwide. Imagine getting off stage after that. Like you're, you're interacting with people. You're, they're just, it's, you'd, you'd see it's not real. They're throwing themselves at the power, at the aura around you. So it's not even about mm -hmm. you. So like a disassociation, you can probably tell as well. It's just they want their, you'd see this lust in their eyes. You know, the shortest way if you want to get good with women really is fuck all this game stuff. It's just get famous because <laughs> yeah. it's just a different, <laughs> it's just a different level, man. I, I know guys who are kind of like, they've been on TV shows, quite minor amounts of fame, but, I guess you'd call them like not A-list guys, right? Like fucking Hollywood stars. You'd call them 
C or D list guys, right? But they've they even them, you know, where they're a little bit known. You see the options that they you see the inbound messages they get on their Instagrams, and uh, it's just it's great. You know, we we we're accused as men of seeing women as sex objects, right? Women see men as success objects. Pay mm. a, a power fame. It's the ultimate aphrodisiac. It beats anything to the ground. One of my um, a guy I know quite well. He was um, Anthony Joshua, the boxer. He he was at an event with Anthony Joshua, and it's like being arranged by Anthony Joshua's manager. So it's like the fans get to meet him. So it's in this like cocktail club. And my 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 friend is he's, he's a good looking guy. He's in shape. He's very you know emotionally calibrated. He's he's good at game. Um, he was working the room and doing quite well with very high value women. These are like fucking you know top models, and he's doing pretty well. But then as soon as Anthony Joshua walks in. Every bit of attraction, every woman he's gained, it completely ignored. It's like he, he said it was like it was like I wasn't there. They all just stood in a line waiting to speak to AJ. And then they'd all go through and he'd just go send me a message on Instagram and dismiss them. And they're like tens. They're like just absolute stunners. The, the sort of girl, guy, girls that most guys don't see in the flesh ever in mm. real life. Yeah. And they're, he's just like, yeah, send me a message on Instagram, just off to the side. And like they're just in a line, just, just queuing up to have that treatment. It's just, it's just another level, man. It, you know, so for that, for that part of it, fame would be absolutely amazing because the you could do whatever you fucking wanted. There's some great stories about the crap here as well. Just like he was, um, again, this the same guy. He knows a guy who works in a PR team, I think it was, who's connected to him, and he was filming in London, and they had some board meeting about one of his movies. And um, he came in like it was like 11 a.m. He came in like late to the meeting, like completely red eyed, like, you know, ruffled up suit or whatever. Just just obviously still fucking drunk, sat down the table, like just kind of like this. And there was one there's about 10 of them, like all discussing the contract. He's just kind of slumped there. He's not doing anything. And there's one very attractive woman, uh, like a, a young PR who's just been hired by his team, not because she's good looking, but just she's there as well. And apparently he just kind of raised his head up and like kind of looked around and saw her. It's the first time he's seen her and just went, you, everyone stops talking, you, in that room now. And then she goes, goes into the room. Everyone's in silence. He walks through to this other room, shuts the door, and the team just sit there and apparently for 10 minutes just hear this rumbling sound as he's smashing her on the desk. And then he sends her out. <laughs> she sits back down. He comes out like doing up his trousers, sits down and goes, right, let's continue. And then they carry on. And it's just, you know, the, this kind of stuff, it's just, it, you're operating on a completely different level. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, you don't, you don't need game, right? Your game is your, your, your phone. Yeah. I mean, but I would, I would disagree a little bit on it. Uh, think about Jeff Bezos and, you know, he, one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest man in the world. I, I don't know what the rankings are nowadays, um, but how his new girlfriend was looking at, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. So looking at yeah. Leo in just that admiration and there he is just looking like a fucking bum. So at the end of the day, doesn't matter. You need to have game. I think game is still most important. You know, all the other stuff is um, you can operate on a different level, but that does not mean that you will not get screwed over if you don't have rock solid game. Do you think though that, you know, you're comparing two guys who are world famous, right? So obviously there's going to be a guy who's kind of coming out on top. If you're, would, would she really be looking at a good looking guy who ha who isn't a celebrity in that same situation if she's with Jeff Bezos? So 
I would think that, yes, she would still look at a good-looking guy and a guy with charisma um, the same exact way that she looks at Leo because okay. that's, what she's that's what she's naturally attracted to. She's not attracted to the money in your bank account. She can't see what you have in there. But what she can see is the experience that she's having in front of her. That's true. And they are very emotional creatures in the moment. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's just a combination, isn't it? I mean, ideally you want all yeah. of the all of the value adds. Um, no, I guess typically typically as well, if you're famous, you do have money as well. That's the great irony, isn't it? That if you're famous, mm -hmm. it's very it's it's not usual to be famous and not have money, because again, it's the side effect of success. So if you're very successful at something, <clears throat> you get financially rewarded for that. And then in certain professions that are public facing, you also get fame as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with the money and fame, um, you're willing to just throw money at making yourself more physically attractive. It all just kind of comes together and you're just, you're set. There's nothing but, wrong with spending money on, on self-improvement. Uh, absolutely right. not. You've, you guys should see it as an, as an investment. We're not saying you have to get, you know, a, a Michael Douglas style facelift every, every six months to, to stop yourself looking like a sack of potatoes, like Colonel Gaddafi. But if you have money, yeah, absolutely. Get your teeth whitened, you know, um, get a good, get, get a good, good, get a, get a good haircut, you know, buy a decent razor, all this stuff, you know, get laser eye surgery, all the, all the stuff, yes. Spend some money on some clothes. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? You're investing into yourself, really. Um, mm -hmm. It's money well spent. And if you think about how much money is spent on stuff that isn't investing into yourself, like cigarettes, like alcohol, like drugs, don't get me wrong. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. We all want to have a bit of fun. But if you think about that stuff, how much people would spend on alcohol, going out to clubs, buying bottles, buying on tables, crazy amounts, like five grand in a night. What, what, what stuff could you do to yourself for that? Like you could get a whole new wardrobe, Teeth whitened, laser eye surgery, all that done for the bottle of a, you know, same price as a bottle of Cristal. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. No, it is. It, it is wild um, how people don't put value of money on the, the right things. And I think that we covered a lot of great things here. You know, all the different aspects of, um, you know, getting your finances together, getting your fitness together, getting your lifestyle together, um, your fashion we, we really covered getting your sex life together. Uh, I, that would be a great topic. In we've given itself. we've given guys some great ideas. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to rip that. I've got a I've got a SoundCloud account. So what I often do with good live streams like this is I rip them, rip them, rip down the audio and post it on SoundCloud so guys can kind of download it if they're on the go. Because not everyone. The, the issue with YouTube is the the screen has to be open, doesn't it? I think on your phone. Whereas if if you just rip yeah. the audio, guys can actually listen to it on the com morning commute or whatever. But yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. A lot of good stuff going on. Um, we should definitely get on at some stage and do a do another topic together because I think we've got a good vibe and uh, giving a lot of value, which is the main thing, first and foremost. Absolutely. No, I, and thank you so much for coming on. I definitely agree. I think we have a great vibe. Um, I think we get along very well. We have the same type of mindset. Um, so it'd be really cool. Uh, just for, for my viewers, where can people find you? And what do you have coming yeah. up next? I was going to say before we go into that, where do, you, where do you actually kind of base yourself out of? Which which city are you located in? So I am in Philadelphia in the US. Right. Sure. Okay. And you run, do you run programs kind of across the US? Is that how you do stuff or is it more international stuff? 
So it depends. I know. Yeah. So it's more US. Um, but program wise, it's mostly Zoom. It's more like one on one type of coaching. Um, and then I also have my mastermind group and students that graduate through. And when I say graduate, they go through my program um, and then they reach that next level of social acumen. Then I right. let them into that mastermind. Right. Okay. That's very cool, man. Um, yeah. I mean, I've definitely got guys who um, basically I work with a lot of US guys, right? And I just don't bother going to the US. So there's a, we can definitely have a chat about some sort of cross collaboration there. Cause I mean, you're, you're switched on and you know what you're doing. I'm more than happy to send you guys because I think you do a good job with them. It's a no brainer. And we, um, you, you talk about these other elements, which is super important, which a lot of guys don't do. You, you bring in the experts to discuss the, the you know, the, the other relevance. So it's, it's, yeah, I think it's, uh, we're definitely on the same page. Um, in terms of where guys can find me, yeah, just, just check out me on YouTube. Just type in James Tusk and you'll see lots of infield stuff, lots of cold approach demos and stuff. Um, and then get in touch. There's a two ways to work with me. There's a 10 week approach accelerator program, which essentially takes you from not being able to cold approach up to competency <coughs> by week 10. So you have videos to demo of us demoing, not on YouTube, every stage of the process. You copy that, you do the tasks each week, and you have accountability via a WhatsApp group and via Zoom calls. And it's a really good program. By week 10, you're able to approach 20 to 30 girls a week in any situation. It takes around five, six hours total. It's fitted into your everyday lifestyle. You understand how to flirt, how to tease, how to banter. And you're going on two to three new dates a week. So it's incredibly effective. So that's one way of working with me which is a very cool thing to just do where you live because you don't have to travel. Or the other option is, yeah, come out for some crazy fucking experience <laughs> like Rio Carnival where it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And it's just us going crazy, charging around, having a lot of fun, or Colombia uh, or Russia or Ukraine. The programs one world, run worldwide, so just get in touch. Send me an email, infojamestust.com, and uh, include your WhatsApp number, and I can we can jump on a call and, and figure out where you're at and where you want to go. Beautiful. Well, thank you again, James. This was absolutely a phenomenal discussion. I think we gave so much valuable information to men out there. Too much and value, you could argue. We should have charged them for this because they won't. Because the problem with the free stuff didn't. is they won't implement it, right? Because it's free. They won't fucking implement it. So it's useless. It's falling on deaf yeah. ears. We're just going to get Leonardo DiCaprio's PR getting in touch trying to sue us. He was yeah, in the right. boardroom for four minutes, not 10. He's a, he comes fast. <laughs> Entertainment purposes only. Oh, of man. course. We can't discuss oh, celebrities' no, whereabouts or what they get up to. But, yeah, man, all I can say is it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll definitely do it again soon. I think you'd really get on with some of the guys that I work with as well. There's a guy I've known for a long time called Fluid Social. He's an English dude. I've done a lot of collaborations with him. He spends half his time in Brazil. He's very cool. That Jake Gennaro guy you'll like. Obviously, you've met Troy. The guy I work closely with, Les, very cool guy. And there's a couple of other guys. There's a guy who does the inner game stuff called Alex. He's very cool. You'd have probably have some good conversation with him. And Ollie, the guy who does fashion, very switched on as well. So if you want, you know, if you want to reach out to any of those guys, just let me know and I can put you in touch. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, I I done my series on Instagram before, so I can also connect you with a lot of the other guys there, um, guys and gals. So it, nice. You know, it's awesome. I love doing stuff like this, bringing great minds together and providing this information to everybody. So thank you. We'll do something again soon. This has been, uh, this has been phenomenal. Nice one. Pleasure, man. We'll chat soon.